I'm happy to come to you this morning with the Word of God. I'm going to share with you things that the Lord has put in my heart for today, and therefore I believe He has put them in my heart for you. A little bit unusual, I don't think I've ever preached quite as I planned to this morning, but... There are several things that happened today that haven't been quite as I planned them, so that's not bad. My message for today is entitled, Things I Forgot to Say. Things I Forgot to Say. I've preached totally from my heart, and I believe in the anointing of the Holy Spirit when I've stood before you. I made a commitment to this church when there was just a little small handful of people here. Before I ever came here, I sent a message to the office of the church. And I said that you can describe, they wanted to put something about me in a little bulletin or brochure or something. I said, you can describe what I plan to do as I will come and preach always in the anointing of the Holy Spirit and preach with the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That's what Paul said. So I took Paul's words and uh, I made them my own pledge and my own commitment. And I will say to you in all honesty, I have not stood here in this pulpit at any time since I have been here without believing that I was under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I will admit to you sometimes it's been greater than other times. I think that's a part of being human. But I seek God for what I want or what he wants in a message that I come to bring to you. And I say that to you because I, I, I want you to have that preface to know that what I'm saying to you this morning is what I believe God wants you to hear. I may say some things this morning that that are just that are for one person here. That's all right. God's done that many times before. I may say something that's only for a few people here. God knows that too. But God has you here for a reason. You didn't walk in this morning after getting up saying, well, I'm a little bit tired. My hips don't feel good. And I'm kind of, maybe I won't go today. I know, I know. But something turned you and caused you to come, and that something was the Spirit of God. Because you see, you're here today because God has something for you. Everything I say may not be for you. It won't be. But something of what is said today will be for you. Maybe much of it. But it doesn't matter. If only one sentence is said here this morning that strikes your heart and you say, that's for me, that's all you really need. I trust there'll be a lot more than that. But whether there is or not, I'm going to bring to you what I believe God has shown me. Things I forgot to say. I preached the first Sunday of this year, January 1, on the year of the Lord's favor. And as, as happens, and it happens with me quite a lot, I saw some things that I needed to skip over 
I didn't have time for them. I don't know why it works out that way. It frequently works out that way with me. Most of the time when I preach, I could, all, I could have a second sermon to go right along with it. Aren't you glad I don't preach them both at the same time <laughs> on the same Sunday morning? <laughs> but most of the time, there's so much more. And some things that I did not say on January 1st, when I preached about the year of the Lord's favor, I want to say to you today. God has an order. You know, he, it, it may be that I believe there are quite a few of you who weren't here on the first Sunday of January. I know because we didn't have this many people that Sunday, having more every, all the time. So I know there's some of you. So God, maybe God held this back for you today. Since you didn't get here January 1st and you just got here after that, maybe God held this back so you'd have this today. I won't say that's absolutely true, but it could very well be. And here's what I want to say to you that I didn't say, did not say that morning. I talked about the year of God's favor. Going forward and living under the favor of God because that's His promise. But I want to say also that your past is not a prelude to your future. I did not talk about the past that Sunday morning. I may have said a little bit about it, but I didn't talk about 2011 or 2010 or 29 or 1985 or 1964. I just talked about 2012, the year of the Lord's favor. Today, I want to remind you that there are some years that have passed before 2012. And you know it well, because some of those years have been torturous for you. Some of those years have caused you difficulty, have caused you heartbreak, have caused you agony. Some of it was because of the way you were living. Some of it's just because of the enemy attacking you. But whatever it is that torments you about the past, I want to give you a relief for that today. I want to give you an answer for that today. Nothing you have ever done, nothing you've ever done can disqualify you as a candidate for God's grace and God's favor. Now that's a bold statement to make. I, I could look at some people, and if I knew their lives, I'm speaking now of being human. I could look at some people and say, you don't deserve God's grace. I hope God doesn't do anything for you. You ought to be put under the jail and walked on. But that would be human. It wouldn't be very spiritual, would it? Some of you feel that way about some other people, though, don't be honest now. You've, you've, you've read about people in the newspaper, and that's the way you feel about it. You think, well, I don't know them. Do I just know their name? I read, them in the new, read about them in the newspaper. But what the newspaper says about them, I'm thank God they sentenced him to 99 years. And that wasn't enough for him. Don't you think that way sometimes? Yeah, you do. That's what the devil's telling you, too. He's telling you that what you get and what you have what you have had is exactly what you deserved because you went out and you earned it. You lived in sin and you disobeyed God. And what you have is just exactly what you deserve. And this is what God wants you to have because you earned it. With your sin and your disobedience, you earned it. But you know, every time I think like that, I remember that Jesus came to the man who had a great need. And he reached out and touched him. Delivered him. And he didn't say what the world says. The world, this is what the world says. The world says, you made your bed, now lie in it. 
Isn't that the philosophy of the world? Yeah, you deserve it. You did it. You deserve it. You made your bed, now lie in it. You know what Jesus said? Jesus looks out there and he's that, that person that he's just healed, just delivered. He says, take up your bed and walk. Not you made your bed, now lie in it. He says, take up your bed and walk. That's the message of Jesus Christ to you, my friend, that he can and will and does set you free. Your past is not a prelude to your future. What you've done in the past will not keep you from serving God today. It will not keep you from going to heaven. It will not keep you away from the grace of God and the redemptive power of the blood of Jesus Christ. It cannot because God forgives and God's grace is greater than our sin. And I know some of you have been tormented by your past. But this is exactly what God's telling you today. It doesn't matter. You're still, even though you're saved today, though you are today, as far as you know in all of your heart, you're walking in obedience to the Lord. The fact of the matter is there are still days that you are troubled by things you did in your past. You're bothered by it. You had an abortion. You were young. You didn't have the means to sustain life. You had no knowledge. You didn't have knowledge of the Word of God. You didn't understand the things of God. You made a mistake. It was, yeah, it was a sin. But I'm going to tell you today, God forgives that. God forgives that. The devil will torment you if you let him. But if you stand on the word of God and the grace of God, God forgives you. You gave up. You, you, when you felt like you couldn't raise a child, you gave up a child for adoption. You've grieved over it. You've wondered day after day since then where that child is. What's happened? Look what I did. I want to tell you this. I'm saying this very directly, very plainly right now. If something like that is in your past, you leave it in God's hand. You don't go back and try to change it and correct it. Because there are things that you cannot correct. You may cause more difficulty than you do. You, you may bring more problems than you do solutions. You may have, have, cause more difficulties than you bring answers. Some things you've got to leave in the hands of God. I know it's difficult to do it oftentimes. It's hard to do it. You've got to leave things in God's hands. Maybe you're not the one who gave up somebody for adoption. Maybe you were, in fact, the one who was adopted. And you've wondered, why didn't my parents love me? Why didn't they care for me enough to keep me? Why didn't they? Why didn't they? Why didn't they? And you've tormented yourself with it. Listen, my friend, I'm going to tell you this, and I'll get to this even more a little bit later on in this message. God has a plan for you, and it may not be the same plan that it is for everybody else. God's plan for you isn't the same thing it is for everybody. It isn't the same for everybody. But I will tell you this, it doesn't matter what your beginning was. It doesn't matter what caused you to be adopted. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happened after you were adopted. What matters is what you're doing with your life for God right now. And you're planning not for yesterday's. You're planning for tomorrow's. You're not planning on the past. You're planning for the future. God's favor is not on the past. God's blessings of forgiveness are on the past. God forgives the past, but God's favor of blessings are on you for the future. God's looking ahead with you, and if you walk with Him today, God has a plan for your favor tomorrow. 
Hallelujah. You walked off and left the family. You left them destitute. You've been ashamed of it ever since you realized how awful it was, the things that you did. You fathered a child. Never, never, never went back, never supported it. Don't know, don't know anything except that that child exists. And you're being tormented by it. Listen to me. I'm not talking to everybody here, but I'm talking to somebody. You're being tormented by it. I want to tell you this. I said in the very beginning, when I said this, everybody glorified God, praised God, shouted hallelujah. Now that I've said these things, I'm going to say the same thing over again. Your past is not the prelude to your future. There's nothing you have ever done, nothing you've ever done, that disqualifies you as a candidate for God's grace and God's favor. Nothing you've ever done can keep you from the grace of God because God's grace is greater than all of it. If you will let God forgive you, let God redeem you, let come back with the ransoming power of the blood of Jesus, He makes you whole and you can leave the past in the hands of God. God's working out the plan of He has for every person's life. No matter how much that person's life touched you. Follow me right now. No matter how much that person's life touched you. No matter how intricately, physically, you may be involved with somebody else that maybe you don't even know. God has a plan for that person's life too. Just like he has a plan for your life. If you follow God's plan for your life, God will take care of everybody else dealing with them with their plan for their life. I hope I'm being clear to you this morning because I'm trying to do something to encourage you. You committed a crime. You got away with it, you thought. You did get away with it in, every way, in, every, in everything except your conscience. And now you know how wrong you were. Now you wish you'd never done it. It may have been just something petty. It could have been something big. I'm not going to name all the things I'm thinking, but I'm thinking a lot of things that people could have done. And I will tell you, there are some things you can't go back and change. You're responsible for somebody losing his life. Can't go back and change that. What you can do now, you can live your life for God. and Do everything you can to make everybody else's life as much better than it is as you possibly can. That's what you can do. Now, I know it gets kind of quiet in here because you say, Oh, Pastor, I didn't know you were going to talk about things like that. I thought you were just going to talk about stealing this candy bar. <laughs> no, that, that people are tormented. People are tormented by things that they've done in their past. And even though you know that you've come to God and confessed your sins and asked Him to forgive you, you're still tormented by it. Because you see, that's exactly what the devil wants to do. He wants to tell you that no matter how much you pray, how much you confess, how much you cry, that was so bad, you'll never be able to overcome it. And I wouldn't say that you could overcome it, but I'm going to tell you who can. I've got a great overcoming God, a great overcoming Savior, a great overcoming Lord, and there isn't anything that He cannot and will not overcome in your life if you allow Him to do it by your trusting Him. Your history is not your destiny. What you've done in the past does not have to control where you go in the future. You can walk with God. You can walk with God. All of us, all of us have things 
that we could sit down today and moan and groan and cry about and wish we hadn't done them. But that won't change it. But if you know what the grace of God is, if you know what the blessing of God is, you know what the forgiveness of God is, then you know that those things in the past don't matter to God. And if they don't matter to God, why do you let them matter to you? Difficult, I know, I know. But that's what faith is, you walk with God by faith. He's taken care of the past. He's taken care of it. I could have been a criminal put in jail before I was ever saved. I don't, I've often said, when, I was a really, really young man when God saved me. But what I've said when God saved me, he didn't just save my soul, he saved my life. Boy, I, I'm so glad he did. <laughs> All right. Now, that was, that was what I didn't say on January 1. Here's what I didn't say last Sunday when I preached about he knows your name. This is better now than that part. <laughs> no, no, that part was great if you take it. It's great. That part is an answer that you need if you take it. But here's what I want to say about last. I, did, I could not spend the time that I really wanted to spend on some of the verses that I read, especially the verses that I read out of Psalm 139. So I'm going to refer you to that place again. Go in your Bible, Psalm chapter 139, and, uh, and I'm going to read just exactly what it says and, and, and then share with you what I would have wanted to have shared last, last Sunday. This is what Psalm 139, starting at verse 14, says. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them. Let me read that a little bit better, clearer translation. This is what the, the, the New Living Translation says, and I think this is what the Lord wants us to see out of that. It's the same thing, differently phrased. Verse 16, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. Does God know you? Does God know you? He knew you before you were born and had laid out a plan for your life. Now you say, but pastor, you just talked about all these things that I did that tormenting me. Was that God's plan? I didn't say that you would follow God's plan every step. I said God had a, had a plan for you. If you had followed God's plan every step of the way, you wouldn't be dealing with those things. That's all right. He gives us redemptive covering in salvation and forgiveness. Now, the glorious thing to know is God has a plan for your life. He laid it out before you were born. And that plan is in effect right now. It's still in the, the plan has never been nullified. You may have walked away from it, but that hasn't changed the fact that the plan is there. So God's plan, He has for you right now. And you can live in God's plan today, tomorrow, this week, every day that you have living for the rest of your time on this earth, you can live in the fullness of God's plan, walk in the glory of God's purpose for you, and have the favor of God showered upon your life every single day. You saw me before I was born. 
If anybody's going to preach against abortion, this would be the place to preach about it right here. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. I, you know, I read that. I've read it over and over and over and over and over because it just thrills me. It just thrills me. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment, every moment was laid out before a single day passed. Can you believe it? God knew way back there when I was, when I was the pastor of other churches. When I wasn't as mellow as I am today. A lot of people in the churches that I pastor in the past, when you describe me now, they say, huh? It must be two of those guys with the same name. <laughs> but the, the, the thrilling thing about it is, God knew all the way back there that Carolyn and I, first of all, he knew we'd be together. And then he knew that I was going to be a pastor of First Assembly of God in Orange Park. There wasn't even a First Assembly of God then, it was... This place was Orange Park Assembly of God. God knew. You don't think God knew that? I think he knew it all the time. I think the day that I was walking down the hallway and God stopped me in my steps at my house and he said, I'm changing your life. God knew all of this. If we'll trust God and walk with him, he's got good things for us. He's got good things. He's planned good things for us. You know, because we're so unique. He knows us so individually and so distinctly. We're unique. I, I have read, I can't prove this, but I've read that no two snowflakes are alike. Maybe. Nobody knows that because nobody's ever checked them out. Maybe nobody's ever found duplicates, but I, I don't think. But I would say they're probably not. But I do know this. There's nobody, they've never found any two people with identical fingerprints. Right? No two people with identical. Can you imagine that? Now just think about this. I don't know how many, that, what are six billion people in the world today? And all the people that have been here before probably make it up to more billions than that. And everybody got ten fingers. So ten times all the population has ever lived in the world, and there's no two fingerprints alike. Well, as far as anybody knows, I understand they never found any two duplicates. So, is God unique? <laughs> if God can do that, you think we were not created? I won't even go into that. You think we're, God created us. Look how he created us. Uniquely as individuals. Different and distinct. So why should it be amazing to us that he knows our name? He knows all ten fingerprints that we've got. I know, no, I have never heard this in my life. Maybe somebody will come and tell me. Don't stand up and tell me right now. Tell me at the fellowship dinner. Uh, are, are, is there such a thing as toe prints? Probably there are. I think there are. And so toe prints, footprints, and none of them alike? Isn't that why they take the little babies when they come out of the nursery and they put all that ink on their foot and put their, print their foot on the birth certificate and say, well, know which one it is? Because there are not any of them alike. I used to think the whole reason they all put all that stuff on there and put their stones because they were all Tar Heels. <laughs> As we used to say, I digress a moment to say, do you know anything about the University of North Carolina Tar Heels? 
Their color is, is something about like Mark's shirt here, that, that blue, a little bit lighter blue than that. Beautiful. And we always used to say in North Carolina, we know God was a Tar Heel. Otherwise, why would he have made the sky Carolina blue? But then I moved to Florida, and my wife said, don't say that anymore. That's the first time I've said it since then. <laughs> listen, friend, listen. God knows that we're unique. We're individuals. But he knows everything about us. That's the glorious thing. Listen, do you know that God knew all about your DNA before science knew what DNA is? That's new. DNA is kind of new. I'm a lot older than DNA, at least as I'm a lot older than the discovery. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. I'm a lot older than the discovery of DNA. <laughs> but, but when they discovered it, they realized you can identify any person in the world as separate and distinct from any other person in the world. By the DNA. That's why they're catching so many criminals today. I'm glad they found out about DNA. All it does is just say how wonderful God is. Do you, how would it be possible for every single person in the world to have a unique and distinct and individual DNA if it weren't for a great overwhelming eternal creativity of a wonderful God? So does God know you? Oh, He knows you. He knows your fingerprints. He knows your toe prints. He knows your voice print. He knows what you sound like when you talk. That's why you ought to be careful what you say. He knows your footprint. He knows your toe print. He knows everything about you. And here's the wonderful thing about it. As well as He knows us, He loves us anyway. <laughs> he loves us anyway. Oh, hallelujah. Now, going further with, with that, in, in that 17th verse of that psalm, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. How precious are your thoughts. All the thoughts of God. How vast is the sum of his thoughts to us. Now, this is, a, this is what another translation says to make it clearer. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. They cannot be numbered. How precious are your thoughts about me. They cannot be numbered. God's thinking about you every moment of the day. You say, Pastor, how could this be possible? If he's thinking about me, he's thinking about everybody else. How could it be possible that God's thinking about everybody as an individual? You know something? You know something? There are mysteries about God that, that none of us understand. But what we do is we accept by faith God's statements and declarations to us and the imperative truth of His Word. We stand on it and we believe it. And when He says, how wonderful are His thoughts about me. He's thinking about me. And His thoughts are great, wonderful, magnified. He's thinking about me, and he's thinking about you. He's got you in his sights, my friend. He's got you in his plans. He's got you set up in his purpose. God has something for you that's distinct and 
purposefully planned for you, intentionally, intentionally designed for you and your life for His glory. For His glory. And this is what He said. You said, I know you started thinking, well, He must have forgot a lot of things He wanted to say. He just won't stop. (laughs) I'm almost through. I don't want to have to come back again and say, this, 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 is, this is it. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. There you are. Look back in Psalm 139, verse 17. Look on over to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. I know the thoughts that I think toward you saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you and expect it. And this is, what the, this is what the clearer translation says. Listen carefully now. For I know the plans. The thoughts that I have for you are plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I have plans for you, God says. And if you'll walk with me, you'll see the fulfillment of my plans in your life. I have a plan for you that's a plan of victory and favor and blessing and glory. And if you'll walk with me, you will see my plan fulfilled in your life. I know the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. I know the plans that I have for you. And my plans for you are the right plans, the perfect plans, the great plans. I have an eternal plan for you. And you do not want to miss God's plan for you. He's thinking about you, wanting you to step into and walk in and fulfill his plan. In your life. You say, well, that's that. how complicated is that, Pastor? Not complicated at all. Because you don't have to sit down and figure it out. All you have to do is draw close to Jesus. Amen. All you have to do is draw close to Jesus. He'll let you know. He'll let you know. And if you walk close to him, you will know the plan and the purpose of God for your life. I'll say it again. If you walk with him, if you walk close with him, you will know the plan, and the purpose of God for your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want you to stand with me.